0: that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. James Manwaring is a director of music at the Windsor Learning Partnership in England. James has been teaching music for 18 years in Windsor and has created a strong ethos for music making in his school. He now works for five schools in a multi-academy trust. He runs a variety of school bands, orchestras, and choirs, as well as an adult community choir. James writes a music education blog located at manwearingmusic.blog and regularly contributes to UK music education publications. He is a father to two boys and married to Amy, who he met in the school music 21 years ago. He is a keen runner, loves opera, good food, and walking his dog, Maggie. Well, it is my pleasure this week uh, to welcome a guest to the podcast who is from England. So as we say in the United States, from the other side of the pond, um, I first uh, became uh, aware of you, James, um, from Matt Allen, who turned me on to your blog. And for those of you that are near a device right now, and, and hopefully you are, go to manwearingmusic.blog. You must check it out. It is exceptional. Um, I love reading blogs that are by uh, well-informed music educators who focus on pedagogy, focus on tools, focus on ways of helping teachers. James, I wrote a blog like that in the early 2000s on a, on a weekly basis. It seems like you're regular on like the, the weekly (laughs) thing. So hats off to you for doing it. I know how much work it is, but, uh, and then we met James, um, uh, albeit virtually at at a webinar that we did uh, for music first the other night, but James Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. I appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's been really nice to, to meet you over the last few weeks.
0: Great. So, you your... James, um, the way I start out every interview um, is talking about kind of your path from maybe, you know, your childhood with music making up to where you are today. So if you can give us like the five to ten minute thumbnail sketch of, of your career path, I think our listeners would really love to find out about you. Cool. Yeah.
1: Um I think um, it's maybe an interesting one because I um, I'm director of music now for Windsor Learning Partnership, which is a a multi a small multi-academy trust um in Windsor. Most people know where Windsor is because of uh, castles and queens and royal weddings. Ah yeah. Um and um I'm based um mainly at Windsor Boys School. And I actually went to Windsor Boys School um as a student. Oh, um, wow! and uh, so that's that's where my kind of it's an interesting story because it's um Basically, 25 years of my life um, have been spent <laughs> at uh, at Windsor Boys' School, and I, oh, wow. when when I was at the school, music was um, uh, not not a kind of a, a major pillar, I guess, of of school life. It was it was there, and I was involved a little bit, but it was mainly a sporting kind of school a uh, good academic it's, it's not a private school it's a state school but it's got a kind of good academic tradition good sporting tradition I guess its location helps and um, and so when I was coming to the end of uh, my time at uh, at school the the head master at the time was looking at this thing called arts college status which was a a government initiative to try and get schools that weren't necessarily uh, hot on certain areas to, to become a a specialist college um, and uh, so we we put in this bid to become an arts college and so um, whilst I was at university I was working um, a little bit at, at school and we were doing kind of arts projects and looking at how we could get get music really alive in the school um, and so I was kind of I, I never really left I guess um, and uh, was, was working there and then Finished university, we got the arts college status, and and just loads started to happen um, within the arts. Um, and over kind of the space of three or four years, suddenly uh, music and performing arts uh, really took a turn. So it was a, a, quite an exciting time. Wow. And then fresh wow. out of university, I, I trained um, as a teacher at, at the school because I was I basically spent most of my life there um, and, uh, and just doing doing stuff towards it. Um, and um, it was one of those situations where you would—I would—I trained, but I also had a timetable. So I kind of was thrown in the deep end because they were really trying to get music going, and I—and uh, I didn't say no. I took on every kind of opportunity I could, um, and it was a really exciting time to see music being built from the ground up. Um, and at, at the end of my training year, the, the music teachers that were at the school. Both uh, left. I, I, I didn't take it personally. I don't think it was anything to do with me, but they were kind of moving on. Um, and so the, the the head basically had a, gave me the opportunity and said, "Do you want to you know have a go at, at carrying all of this on?" And I was young and didn't really know what I was doing, but uh, said yes. Um, That's great. I'd love to. And it was. I mean, it's, it's a distant memory now, but I remember just being at uh, Windsor Boys School for hours and hours every day um, learning as I went um, I owe a lot to my kind of first music classes that taught me how to be a good music teacher but but also trying to get music happening um, so th- there were no bands and orchestras and there was a, a little choir but n- but nothing much and so it was starting things from the ground up and then um, it was such an exciting time and I and that first class um, had a few good musicians in, so I started to put together a bit of an orchestra, and then just crazy things happened. We got an invite to go uh, through the headmaster to Beijing um, to perform at uh, this, I think it was a specialist schools and academies trust event in Beijing, and then we suddenly found ourselves doing this concert tour wow. um, in these schools in, in China, and it was it was just incredible um, uh, what, what went on, and, and we were, you know, we weren't it was, we weren't amazed at this orchestra I mean it, they were they were great, but it wasn't we weren't playing um we weren't playing Beethoven symphonies we were right. playing some film tunes and some pop tunes um but yeah actually we, we went over to, to, to China for ten days and uh, we were really well received we went to schools mainly and we played at some kind of posh dinner and it was just such an exciting time and i think um i I learnt, so much from just being thrown in the deep end and learning by mistakes learning from students um trying things out um and uh, i had the kind of opportunity to build something from the ground up and 17 years later i'm still at Windsor boys school and other than um the pandemic coming along and disrupting things i, I i've kind of done the same things give or take every year and i really found a format that worked and um, and I remember when when that kind of first year group left, I remember at the um, at their kind of final concert, a lot of people coming up to you saying, oh, well, what are you going to do now? You know, this is this is the end of an era. And it was like, well, no, it's not. I'm just going to do it again. But with a different group of kids. And exactly. it's 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 been um, it, a, a real journey ever since. And I and I think back to my that, that first class, I, I you know, I, I remember so well, probably remember all of their names. I remember the orchestra and taking them to China, mainly because I had to do lots of filling in of forms and visas and things. <laughs> but um, I remember them so well. Um, and um, and yet since then, there's been so many amazing musicians. And I guess I've seen through kind of three generations through the school. Um, and And I know that I made lots of mistakes. And I know that um, I was found asleep in the photocopying room once because I was there late photocopying stuff. And, and a lot of people took risks on me, and I'm sure I I made loads of mistakes, but I just, you know, it's been such an amazing time and and such a privilege to really build music from the ground up. And um, as I say, I'm still doing things that um, I did all the way back then um, and uh, they're still working. And, and I guess the, the pandemic has made me realise that when we go back to school, whenever that will be, um, we will be, you know, it's such a long time we've been away from the normality, um, that, I, I, that I need to be strong in knowing that you can build music from, from the ground up. You can take um, a, a rabble of musicians and stick some instruments in their hands and do great stuff with them. And obviously I'm not going back to the beginning and starting from scratch, but there will be an element of that. Um, and so it's, you know, obviously going to be uh, important to, to learn from all those things over the years. So, um, yeah, and I just, I'm, I'm so lucky that also my, the schools have expanded and joined in with other schools as part of this academy trust. So I now get to work with, uh, Windsor girls school, which is our local, um, kind of our partner school. Um, and then I also get to work with with first schools and middle schools. Um, so we have a middle school system in, in Windsor. So um, I mean, I love a, a, an average Friday. Um, I go into a first school in the morning and do a singing assembly where I'm being silly and singing silly songs. Um, and then I might teach some year fours. Um, and just, you know, at the beginning, of their journey with music and then I might teach them year sevens and then I might go do an A-level class where I'm talking about the writer spring and then I might find myself doing a girls choir rehearsal where I've got a hundred girls singing songs from the shows and then after school there might be a jazz band you know the days are just so exciting so I miss all of that um, greatly but um, yeah it's been an interesting journey and I'm still learning um, and uh, yeah I've got lots, yeah. lots I want to try and do.
0: Right. That's uh, so before, because you said something uh, really deep, and, and I'll get to it in a minute, but it, forgive me if you said this, but what is your main instrument? Uh, so I play uh, a range of things. I'm one of those people that,
1: I mean, uh, clarinet was the clarinet and sax are my instruments I learned growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I didn't have piano lessons, but I've kind of taught myself the piano. Um, and I, I learned the trombone, although I'm not great on it. Play a bit of guitar, and and you know I never, I was never one of those musicians that got really, really sarcastically good on an instrument, you know. Um, but what I'm grateful for is that I, I know enough on a few that I can support many. what if, right. if me And and my my piano skills. I mean, you know, I absolutely love um, listening to Rachmaninoff, um, great Russian virtuoso. Um, composer and pianist but I know that I'm never going to be able to play th- his third piano concerto right right, um, right you know but I can sit down in front of a class and uh, and I teach from a piano I mean I miss that at home teaching at home you know I I, I always love to sit at a piano and just play um, and so I'm, I'm kind of grateful to my musical abilities and um, I've been trying to develop my electric guitar skills a bit um, in lockdown so
0: so yeah well, so uh, that that leads me to something you said a little earlier, which was that, uh, you know, with this first first of all, I think it's absolutely fascinating that you've spent your whole career there. I mean, you knew the culture going in, so you knew exactly what the expectations were. But the ability to build a, a program for the ground up is is overwhelming and challenging for some, but you went ahead and did it anyway. And yeah. but you said something about just being thrown into the deep end, making lots of mistakes. And that, Leads me to my first question about technology because I've always, I'm I've, I've I've always been under the uh, kind of uh, philosophy that it's it's much better um, with technology to just dive in, get dirty, make mistakes, break things, figure it out than trying to get like you know some kind of formal training, even though there is great formal training out there. It's more yeah. the just go and do it. So I'd love to know. How you got involved um, with technology specifically, especially with you know thinking you, you're playing, you're conducting an orchestra in Beijing sounds like a very traditional approach. But I'd love to to uh, hear how technology became a part of your teaching.
1: Yeah, so um, the the department I took over, um, the, the teacher that was there at the time, uh, Noel Morgan, um, he'd kind of pushed for them to get. Um, a suite of Apple Macs, the old Emacs, the yes. massive heavy computers. Um, and so I was lucky that I uh, had that available, um, and uh, and started using Logic and GarageBand, and 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 absolutely that just just playing around with with stuff in lessons, and then watching the students and what what they were doing, and then th- seeing them discover stuff. I guess was how I then started to discover things Um, and just I think and I still do it today I'm always somebody that will see something and then try and work out what how I can use it if you said to me and how how I can get something out of it Um, and if I can't get something out of it then then you know I'll move on and I think with technology it was clear that I could engage more students um, and I could do something which was different um, I, I guess off, very often the music that students encounter will be traditional notation and playing keyboards and maybe hearing the same repertoire over and over so music technology is some, suddenly quite exciting um and there's a real challenge working in a boys school um, to really engage them and, and we have that they come in in because we start in year nine, which is different to a lot of secondary schools in the, in England, um, and so you've got about four months to persuade them to take GCSE music, which is kind of the next qualification. and And I guess music technology was a way of actually giving them something quite exciting to do, quite interesting, quite engaging. Um, but I, I've I've never used it for the sake of it, and I've always thought, how can it fit in with what I want them to know about music? I, I want You know, I I think of students I'm teaching at the moment that that are really amazing musicians, um, amazing with technology, but also love listening to Mahler symphonies and love talking about Beethoven. You know, I I want them to be well-rounded. Right. And so I always try and kind of integrate technology into the topics that I'm teaching and not just have it there as a a token gesture, if you see what I mean. Absolutely. Um, I
0: couldn't agree more
1: and and that's what's that's what i find really interesting about it is is it's a tool that you can use to teach something else i mean it's like if you're going to do ukuleles for example was a big there's kind of was a big movement to do ukuleles in in england i guess they're they're cheap and they're easy to store and they're e- quite easy to grasp but actually i found that yeah it's great to teach some kids some chords but i i would use ukuleles to help them understand harmony and cadences and and actually be hearing stuff as well so it's not just oh here's a ukulele let's do it so um that's that's what i guess interested me with technology is how can i integrate it how can i use a bit of software to help understand how Bach wrote wrote fugues Um, and that's that's what's great about it. Rather than going right, we're going to learn GarageBand
0: for for a term. Because that's yeah, not- I mean, uh, to to that point, James, I've been talking about this for literally my entire career. I, I view technology just the same as in as a maths teacher would would treat a calculator and a pencil. You know, yeah. you don't you don't say to the kids, "Okay, kids, get ready. Now we're going to use pencils to write on yeah. the paper." No, it's just exactly. you're using the pencil to do what I'm teaching you. And if you treat technology in the same way, yeah. um, which which essentially a pencil and a calculator is a techno- or they are technologies. If you treat them in that same way, you don't have to... Um, take your eyes off what's important or why you fell in love with music and what you're trying to teach so if your curriculum yeah. is I'm teaching um, you know how Bach figured out the inventions how he figured how how to make them you don't necessarily need to go find a piece of software called Bach inventions uh, No, you know think it's, it's the exactly, wrong approach yeah. so I couldn't agree more with with what you're saying James It's fabulous. And,
1: and you know and not forcing it as well like sometimes technology isn't the tool sometimes I mean it was a, a couple of years ago I was with a class, and the, I think the internet stopped working. We were doing a research thing, and it was a double lesson. And I suddenly had that thing of, oh, yeah, I've got loads of books. And <laughs> I, I, went to my, I went to my cupboard and just dusted off loads of the, the classic music textbooks and books about composers, and I just put a pile down. And actually, the students quite enjoyed like looking through books and finding stuff. Um, you know, and sometimes you, we've got to remember technology is great, but sometimes if it doesn't work, it's that's not the end of the world. There are other options, and sometimes it isn't the best option. You know, there are other ways of doing things. I, I mean, could, it's, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, there's a big, big resurgence of vinyls in this country, and I'm sure it's the same across the world. People suddenly wanting to buy vinyls and 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 listen to them and get away from the streaming services. And I think you know, there's always it's always about looking for those things, and I think it makes it makes music teaching exciting to look for new stuff and then find a place for it in your curriculum and go, wow, this is going to really unlock that, um, and therefore I'm going to use it, um, but not using it in a place where it's just going to get in the way because sometimes technology gets in the way of, definitely, of the real definitely, definitely. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd love to hear James because again, the way I first found out about you was through your exceptional blog. And again, for everyone, if you if you forgot it, it's man wearing music dot blog why don't you talk about like what how did before I get into the specifics of your program and kind of what software you're using with your kids and how you're dealing with COVID like how did that come about did you suddenly just say one day I think I need to make a blog I'd love to love to hear the origins
1: yeah I just I mean I I think I just I started just putting a few ideas down and and just wanting to share them uh, with students, actually, because it was it was that kind of time where you wanted to put stuff online, but you couldn't really do it through Facebook um, and you wanted to to make it a bit professional and you wanted them to have somewhere to go um, and and creating a blog on wordpress was just a, a, a quick and easy thing to do um, and then you know i started to share a few things and and also i started to read what other teachers had put and found it so useful that i thought well i'll, I'll put some stuff out there um, and at first it was it, i kind of didn't spend much time on it um and then i guess you started to see people valuing what you write um and I'm very much somebody who I don't have a, a schedule. I, I write a blog if I've tried something, if I like something, if I think something, and I just put it out there. And um, some of them I've spent more time editing than others, but some of them are like, "Wow, I've just done this," or "This is great," or, um, and then you just share them, and then people really like them. And um, you know, I'm not going to be giving up my day job um, and becoming a kind of a. A blogger for full time or anything but you know it's nice to see that people are uh, are reading it and finding it useful Um, and uh, that's that's just that's just nice we all like that you know the kind of positive stuff Um, and I love it when I hear messages from people that have used one of my lessons and a couple of people have emailed and said they've used it for uh, an interview lesson and it went really well and they got the job and and, you know that's just really nice Um, and so yeah I just I guess it's just been organic and then I've tried to take it a bit more seriously. Now I like to, I've got a bit more geeky about it. I like to get my SEO score good and I yeah, like yeah, to make yeah. sure that I, you know, all of that kind of stuff I find quite interesting. Um, and, and I'm interested by the kind of the whole craft of it and, uh, um and, and getting the material just right. So, um, I find it really fascinating, but I just love just helping people because, We all just need help. Um, And it's also a way of me me capturing ideas. I mean, I even look sometimes I go to my blog for my own ideas sometimes when I've kind of forgotten about them, because I know um, I know that I've written a good lesson on Purcell that people have said is good anyway. and, And sometimes I kind of go, oh, yeah, I've got that on my blog. So it's quite a good way of storing things and being able to get to them um I love it yeah it's it's good it's good fun but it's it's very real it's very me I I try not to be too opinionated on it I try and be positive um I'm quite a positive person certainly outwardly I, I I don't like too much negativity um so I don't like to fuel that I just like to try and be
0: positive which is um i wrote a blog about being positive and- I, I saw that one actually and uh, i mean my my hats off to you james i think it's it, it is a wonderful contribution to the profession i think i i hope i wish there were more people like you that are willing to just go out there on a limb and say here's what worked for me you're not charging for it it is incredible advice and uh I, I used to do the same thing, and it's it's kind of what what got you know what got my career started was I was religious about blogging, about mm. you know oh I just found this new thing I found that you know have you heard about this so again um yeah. I, I, I I'm just a huge fan of of, uh, of oh well, thank you very in. much I, really I mean that sincerely it's really it's really wonderful oh thank you. So I'd love to, I mean, obviously we're recording this uh, at the very end of January and, um, you know, UK schools right now are uh, unfortunately in in a serious lockdown and basically everyone's learning from home. That's been, I think, from the beginning of the year and we're hoping that we all get through this, but I'd love to hear the good, bad and ugly of how COVID uh, has impacted your program specifically at, at, at Windsor uh, Boys School and, and what adjustments have you made and how has technology kind of fit into that puzzle?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, the worst part of it is not being with the students. And when when the lockdown came along, I had a, a, a tour plan to Paris that we do every other year. I had a musical in the pipeline that I'd auditioned. And I had all the the concerts and events because I mean my calendar for the last 17 years has looked pretty much the same. You know, I, I do the same thing at the same time of year. Students look forward to the concert in July and they look forward to the the, the music tour. Um, and so it was just this awful thing of oh my goodness. Um, but it it was happening and that was, that was that. And I think the one thing that I realized that I needed to do was try and keep that community um, together and uh, I think that's the the worst part of the pandemic and it's the same for everybody it's just that taking yourself away from the people you're used to being around and for the young people that are so used to seeing each other I mean every day yep. um th- that was that was what was really hard so I had to adjust quickly and in the in the in the kind of first lockdowns uh, going back to, to March last year I decided that the best thing I could do um, I was it was the first day um, that I was at home and it got to break time um, and I realized oh break time I'd normally be going into the music room and you know the music rooms like my second home and and I'd, I'd go in there and and students from all year groups would come in there and there would just be this community of people and actually that doesn't happen in in, in the sporting world um, sometimes, because you often have teams that are based on age and year groups. Whereas in music, it's just like everyone's gathering and students would be talking about whatever. I might talk about the football from the weekend um, or talk about some music we've done. It would just be this community thing. And I, and I love that, you know, I love the rehearsals and the lessons, but I love the normality of it. And I love seeing young people just having a chat. You know, I've opened the door to the music room before and, you know, everyone goes quiet. And, you know, I'm like, what's happened? What have you done? Or I walk in and they're all sitting on their phones and I I always tell them to get off their phones and have a conversation. You know, it's the it's the it's the room where it happens, as it were, to coin the Hamilton phrase. Um, And so I started a a virtual music room um, on Instagram, which was basically me going on Instagram live, which I hadn't really done before. And um, just talking and the students all kind of gathering and sending emojis asking questions and having a bit of fun and um we probably did about 60 of these music room uh, virtual music rooms every day at 11 o'clock um and then three o'clock on a friday to kind of go into the weekend and it was just this fun little thing that was uh, you know i mean it was it was sometimes musical we'd have like a, a musical of the day and an album of the day and and then we'd have a biscuit of the day you know what biscuit <laughs> you think eating yeah it was just a bit of fun really and um that was nice. That that kept me going. It kept the students going. And, you know, some days there were 200 students watching it. And then later on in the day, others would watch it. Um, and um, it's uh, that that was a lot of fun um, to just uh, as a bit of an adjustment to try and get the community uh, going. Um, but then other than that, I was I guess I, I'm lucky because I, I do really like technology. Um, and I'm already aware of, of all the stuff that's out there that you could use. So straight away, I was thinking, right, I've got to move to online. So how am I going to do this? So obviously turning to things like uh, Focus on Sound Pro um, and Microsoft Teams, which are which use extensively and Soundtrap um, and just uh, that, was, that was easy to, to kind of start to do. And so straight away, um, I, I made sure that I was doing live lessons um, and uh, really tried to keep them going and, and keep them regular um, because I think it was, for for music, it was less easy to kind of just set something they could be getting on with. I think in other subjects, they were able to to set tasks and things that students were able to do, whereas music, you've got to keep it alive. You've got to keep students listening to things and engaged. So um, I really made sure I, I stuck to that. Um, and I quickly realised that actually they just enjoyed talking about music, um, it was kind of like a, an icebreaker that kept on going for the whole lesson. So lots of just chat about pieces they liked, um, sharing ideas, um, and, um, and also just being able to make music online. stuff like BandLab, which is a, a, a kind of a free website, a bit clunky in places and, and you know, not, not quite as good as, as stuff like Soundtrap, but it was free. So it, it was easy just to get kids using it quickly. Um, and so I was just looking at how can I how could I do what I what I can do, really? Um, and I didn't kind of I didn't do what some schools did, which was try and do rehearsals online. And I didn't yep. try and make a, a video, uh, you know, and, and hats off to people that made the virtual choir videos and stuff. But I just knew that I wouldn't have time, um, nor did I at that I didn't really have the knowledge of video editing software. And actually I asked the students, are you up for doing that? Does that excite you? And they weren't really, they, they, they weren't worried about it as it were. They they just wanted to know when we could get back to making music. And I guess at the beginning we weren't sure. And then it was like the shock of no exams and then time went on. And as soon as it was possible um, to safely do it, I managed to get some six formers in to, to kind of play and make some music and, and that was great. But uh, you know, I, there wasn't the, excitement from the students and there wasn't necessarily the excitement from me because I thought gosh this is going to take a long time you know because if I'm going to do something I I want to do it well so you know and so actually I I didn't do some of those things but I enjoyed watching what other people were doing and that was great Um, and I just put my energy into doing the this virtual music room on Instagram every day and just making sure I kept students going really particularly ones that had you know joined in year nine and you know normally in the in the new year that's when you start to think about the future generation so your new students they come in um September October it's quite you know crazy and then we do a big musical then it's Christmas and so then you start to think about the new students and and starting to get them on the journey so actually in in the first lockdown I wanted to make sure that I was supporting them and and putting stuff on for them so um so, yeah, I, I just did stuff that would benefit those students um, and kept them going, kept them hopefully happy and smiling, kept the lessons good um, and uh, chucked loads of technology at them so that they could they could make music, really. Um, and uh, yeah, and I learned a lot during that time.
0: Yeah, it's an absolutely wonderful approach, James. I, I, my, my, I really applaud you. I love I think what you said that I think is the most important and I'm hoping other music educators are doing similar things. I'll be really frank. when I taught when I taught, so I my uh, I'll speak in two languages. when i when I taught key stage three, which in the United States is middle school, um there were kids who drove me nuts that I you know, every day I'd be like, oh, there he is again.. <laughs> yeah. And what I am almost sure of is that what this whole lockdown and kind of separation and social distancing has taught us, because even though we might, even though some of the students might drive us crazy from, from every now and then, we genuinely love our students and we miss them when yeah. we're when, when, not, when, and vice versa. The kids might give you, you know, a little bit of trouble and, and they might be yeah. you know, uh, disciplined problems, but deep down, they really, truly do love their teachers. They love their school. They may not want to admit that. But then no, what, what this has taught me and, and I get I've never been so emotional in, in a year in my life as, as you know, when, <laughs> I, when I see friends over Zoom, I start crying because I haven't seen them in real life. And I believe that the you you giving them an opportunity to just show up and have some fun and be together and in a kind of informal, non-structured, there's no assessment yeah. at the end. But let's just let's just keep the for lack of a better term, the vibe going for our music department. Yeah. Because I'm sure, James, that your end goal, like every music educator's end goal, is that we have students on the other side of this, right? So that when yeah. we come back, we don't have you don't have to start from square one again. That you that exactly. you're, you know, that as many students as you possibly can reach are still excited about this subject that we all love. So that when when uh, Windsor Boys School opens back up again, hopefully in, in mid March, that these kids are there and that that you're building yeah. your program for the future. So I my, I just think it's a wonderful approach. I also love the fact that you realize just how much work virtual rehearsals and uh, yeah. performances are, and and just pivoted to do something else. So. Um, why don't you tell it like from a nitty gritty perspective? Like what you did today. What what is what is your daily uh, you know instruction look like? You know, other than the, the this kind of Instagram Live thing. Like what kind of assignments are you giving? You know you mentioned Focus on Sound Pro. Uh, by the way, in the United States, we don't have that. For everyone going, what is Focus on Sound Pro? It's Focus huh. on Sound on steroids, and it is a standalone uh, software that's extremely popular uh, in the UK for. GCSE kind of revision and set works, but why don't you just give us like a, what did you do today with technology? And- so
1: uh, today I, it, well, it's Mozart's birthday today, on the uh. 27th of January. So I started my my day with uh, giving my year 12 a uh, bit of Mozart Symphony number 41. Um, right. And what I love is that I played them two different versions because a couple of them quite like that kind of thing. Um, and then I use Microsoft forms to, just get answers back quickly uh, that, you know, they, they can, they can type as they listen um, and then you can kind of chat through the answers. Um, I then set uh, my year 12, the task of using note flight to um, take any of the themes or fragments from Symphony 41 and just have a little play around with it um, and experiment with it. And uh, tomorrow in our lesson, we're going to kind of share those and, and look at what they've done just a bit of fun but also we've been talking um uh, about understanding genres and, and understanding the classical period a bit so it, that that was just a practical thing that they could do and it linked in a bit with with mozart um and you're doing I mean,
0: that over microsoft so you're meeting them live you're teaching live over. oh yes yeah. so i'm te-
1: yeah, teaching them live on teams microsoft teams yep which is great really really works well um and uh, and setting the assignments in teams but then linking to note flight or uh, various other things that you can kind of link in and putting all of the you know what i love is you can just set an assignment and you can say right here's the video um from youtube of mozart 41 here's the link to imslp so you can get the score um here is another recording if you want to hear it done slightly slower here's the note flight assignment i want you to do um, you know, and it's amazing. It's all there. It's just incredible. Whereas, brilliant. you know, when I first brilliant. started teaching, I remember having to go and get, you know, get the CD I wanted, whereas this, you can just get everything um, and they can listen to everything. And it's it's just phenomenal. Um, then uh, I did a lesson on BandLab with my year nines because um, it's it's just a great bit of free software that, that they can use to create. Um, and that was all kind of through Teams and and being able to screen share and and show them what to do. And we're doing kind of minimalism, but thinking about it from a kind of film computer game angle of um, kind of layering ostinatos and stuff. Um, I didn't actually do the Instagram live today because I forgot. And some days I forget (laughs) and that's fine. Um, But the students forget some days as well and it keeps them wanting more. Um, And then this afternoon, I was doing a writer spring lesson with my year 13s um so they're kind of top of top of the school um and i've been using a a a wacom pen tablet thing to just kind of be able to write on the scores um and gather ideas um i also use a bit of software called padlet Uh, so web-based thing fantastic yeah so um that was with my year 12s actually just saying right you know what find out some stuff about mozart you know why is why are we still talking about mozart all these years later so that's great just to it's a it's not free, but I think you can you can have a free version with the with limited features, but it's just live. It's interactive um, and it's just you're kind of doing everything live. You've got the lesson going, but they're they're creating stuff as you're as you're talking. So it's that's that's what a classroom is is like. It's and that's what works really well is they're they're getting on with stuff or they're collaborating or you're having discussions. Um, and so it, you know, that's, that's been my day. Um, and then I did a, a, a Zoom for a load of music teachers on using BandLab, um, which was really fun. Just something I, I put on um, for, um, just for teachers to come and ask questions. And, and now I'm um, talking to you about uh, about all of this. So it's been, yeah, a, good. It's been a good Thanks. day. Yeah, it's been a fun. very good day <laughs> and, and,
0: and the life of many music teachers. You're wearing different hats and juggling a lot of different things. So I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So I just have a couple more questions for you as, uh, as as we're a little bit running out of time. So I just want to make sure I get these in there. And the, the first one is um, advice. And, uh, you know, you, you're giving advice on your blog, you know, uh, quite frequently. But I am sure that you're aware, and I'm sure that you're hearing from a lot of music educators in the UK and possibly uh, from other parts of the world that are basically saying, "I have absolutely no idea how to do this." I don't, you know, for a lot Mm. of the UK, it was a surprise. It was suddenly boom, all the schools are shut. You know, uh, your stuff may have still been in the building, and you're kind of caught unawares, as you will. So. What advice would you give to music teachers who are struggling right now trying to figure out how to keep their program going with technology specifically?
1: Yeah, so I think um, one bit of advice is don't, don't do stuff on your own. you know find people to connect with, um, don't be afraid to, to ask questions um, you know whether it be on Facebook forums or webinars, um, but don't, don't do things on your own and um, you know find, find colleagues that, that are working stuff out as well or that, that know how to do things. Um, and, and kind of go for it. Um, I think with technology, you know, embrace it. We we you 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 have to. Don't don't be daunted by it. Don't think that it's really complicated. Um, and and there are people out there that that are there to help. I mean, I think of of Matt Allen um, uh, with uh, with all of my questions on focus on sound. He's always there and he's always there to help. So I think it's about embracing technology because it, it will help with your teaching at the moment suddenly you're able to set an assignment on Soundtrap that students can be working on, they can collaborate on, you can give them feedback on. Um, and, and, you know, we owe it to the students to try and adjust to that, I guess. Um, and, and there is stuff that's free that you can use and there's stuff that you can get, um, you know, that you can pay for that's really good as well. So I think it's embracing technology, even if, even if you're nervous about it, because the students will help you as well, but they'll really appreciate that. And it will revolutionize your teaching. But also don't be afraid to try and to do the traditional stuff. You know, putting on a, a track and, and listening to it and talking about it is really nice for students to do um, where they can just sit back and say, right, we're going to listen to um, a, a Beatles song and we're going to talk about it. Or let's listen to Shostakovich and let's chat about it. You know, don't be afraid to just have have lessons where, you know, you're using technology to, to have that lesson you know whether it be on zoom or teams or whatever um but you know don't also be afraid to to have lessons where you don't use technology Um, and i think the other thing with technology is put the put some time aside to actually play around with it learn how to use it um, and work out how it will work for you look at your scheme of work and think right how could how could Noteflight help me out so I've been um, this term, I wanted to do harmony with my um, year 10 students. So they're the beginning of GCSE. So I thought, right, OK, what I what I can do with notes is I can give them a tune um, and I can ask them to harmonize it. So I gave them a, a bark melody and said, right, here it is. I share it with all of you. You can now harmonize this and, and have a go at it. And then I can mark it, and when I marked it, I I just changed the color of the chord. So I made all the ones they'd done wrong. I put in red. Oh, wow! Um, you know, and it's just like this is this is great. So you know, use using technology to bring things to life. And I'm I'm going to do the same with um with Killer Queen. I'm going to create the the chord progression in Soundtrap um for Killer Queen, and then get them to come up with their own melodic ideas. So they're you know they're they're being Freddie Mercury and trying stuff out, and and you know it's it's. That, that's what I would say is work out how it can fit in uh, with, with what you're doing. Don't think you've got to use it all the time. Um, and also don't think that you've got to become an expert overnight. I'm not an expert. And some people have more time than others. Um, I mean, I don't have loads of time. I, I probably spend too much time working, but I've got two kids. I've got a dog. I like to go running. Um, I like to watch operas. I like, you know, I, I've got right. interests as well. I've got a wife who quite likes to see me. <laughs> um you know so but so i don't have hours and hours and some people do um but you know it's you can you can do a lot with it with a little bit of time and, and watching youtube videos and tutorials people are so generous in sharing stuff um and, and so go and watch things so that would be those are some of my advice and also don't compare don't don't worry about what someone up the road is doing don't think that you're not doing a good job because you haven't got all of your kids writing symphonies on notes like and sharing them and you're at the early stages of just doing something just do what you're doing uh, your kids will appreciate it and, and don't and don't beat yourself up about it is is the key thing
0: i guess yeah well aside from your your love of watching opera james we are we are uh, long lost brothers because uh, i i have uh, two kids and a dog and a wife who likes to see me so <laughs> I hear yeah. you loud and clear. Now, I'm going to in the United States, we would say now I'm going to throw you a quick curveball, which is a baseball reference. So I don't know in, in cricket if it's um, a spinner. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the correct reference. But what do you think is going to happen on the other side of covid when everything's back to, quote, unquote, normal and technology use? I mean, do you think uh, that it'll be lasting or, or do you think it'll just evaporate and go away?
1: I I think and hope it will be be lasting because I I think what's really important is that music technology has has helped us now I mean in in the, the stuff um that I've mentioned whether it be Soundtrap or Bandlab or and there's some great stuff that, uh, that Ableton uh do as well it, it's it's been brilliant now but when we go back to school what we can have is we can have that layer of music making going on at home for our students um that works alongside what we're doing in school and actually you know for so many years music tech the music tech side of things has happened when the students have physically been in the music room whereas now it can happen on a saturday or a sunday or a monday night and you know if we can continue to harness that music making and that discovery that they're doing then it's just going to benefit um you know our students and and what i what i think is going to be really important is using these tools for setting homeworks that are really meaningful and exciting and and just inspiring students that you know some kids don't want to learn to play the saxophone they don't want to learn to play the piano some don't want to be in a musical they want to be making music at home and what's important and what i always try and do and sometimes not really well is is give as many opportunities as I, as I can. And suddenly we've got the ability to offer a 24-7, 365 days a year world of music making to our students that could be international and could and could be the, the lifeline that they need. Um, you know, music departments attract all types of students and some students aren't going to want to stand up on a stage, but they might want to write some music that's used in a video for school or that you play at the start of a concert and um i hope that that people continue to use all of this great software um because and also we've spent so much time working out how to do it that it would be mad not to continue to do it um and whilst it might not be such an active part of our lessons we we can have this this kind of super curriculum that's happening outside you know in 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 the bedrooms and in the dining rooms of of students up and down the country Um, and that's what i think is really exciting about it. so i i really hope that teachers um who've learned this stuff and and subscribe to it can keep it going um and uh start to to tell your schools that you're going to need some money to to pay for the subscriptions and stuff to to keep it going because we've got a load of students that that love it and um we, we, you know, as music educators, we have to offer as much as we can, and I'm always looking at that and saying, right, you know, if if I've got a load of students that want to start a rock band, then let's let's make it happen. If I've got a load of flute, you know, load of flutes turn up, then let's do this piece. If I've got a load of drummers, let's do this, you know. And it's about trying to to work with that. But similarly, if I've got a load of kids who want to make some music and they want to and, and they want to use launch pads and they want to do do some kind of uh, really interesting stuff with technology, then I need to provide that for them. Um, and even if I don't have all the answers, um, I can go and find them. So, so yeah, that's what I hope happens in the new normal. Um, but one thing that I think is really interesting is if you think about all of the great musical movements over the years, um, and I've just finished reading a book called Music, A Subversive History by Ted Goyer, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know whether you're, you know. If no, you I don't. Know. Yeah. Um, and and he it's a it's a great book um, about the history of music, but from different angles. And he kind of talks about how. Great music has come from the most unlikely places. You, know, you think about the Beatles that came from Liverpool, um, and you think about um, some of the, the music in the states and the kind of the whole country music scene and coming from the from out of the cities. And music's evolved in the most unusual places and and out of the most unusual situations. And sometimes great music has happened in the midst of of war and and etc. Um, and so I hope that out of the back of this, we have a new a new kind of era of music which is where students are finding their voices and they're finding opportunities they didn't have before and that we suddenly start to get maybe a new sound where in our schools we're starting to merge um, tracks that kids have made at home with music that's being made on an acoustic instruments in school that's quite an exciting thought I think that a, a, a boy might make a boy or a girl might make something on Soundtrap at home and they might bring it in and say right can the orchestra play this bit and, and suddenly we're, we're 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 creating a new sound. So um, that's kind of a, an exciting thought for me. And maybe we're we're on the cusp of a new era of music education and and music, you know, globally. So, um, but yeah, who knows? We'll see. Yeah.
0: I, well, I'll say amen to that. And I think you're hmm. on to something, James. So uh, I I I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. It, it's just fantastic. So. I have one last question for you. Uh, I could talk to you for hours, actually. uh, But the one last (laughs) question is my magic wand question. And it could be specifically about the tools that you are using from Music First, which is Focus on Sound Pro, No Flight and Soundtrap, or just technology in general. If you could just wave a magic wand and have it do something that it doesn't already do, what would it be? Um, Yeah, I was thinking about
1: this. It's quite hard. I mean, Focus on Sound is fantastic. and uh, but I mean I did wonder about having some kind of student. Um, I don't want to use the word blog, but something where students could maybe contribute uh, stuff to it. Um, I thought would be would oh, wow. be really interesting, kind of like you like know, a wiki,
0: this... a wiki, a wiki or a Wikipedia version of focus. Yeah, right. I mean you know, there's there's it.
1: loads of stuff about about set work. I think one of the big things is wider listening. Wider listening is this real thing with GCSE and A level and people. Some music teachers have got really worried about it going, oh, why are you listening? It's really difficult. How do you do it? And it's like, well, we want our students to listen to as much music as possible. Um, And so I I wonder if there's a kind of a space for students to be sharing pieces and being able to kind of um, talk about um, the links between some of the set works they're studying. But kind of yeah, like a, a sharing area where they can contribute content. Um, and it's not content that's that's factual and that you know needs to be fact-checked. Right, it's about more, more how opinion-based. That, yeah, what it meant to them, what that music meant, and how they've used it uh, for them. So that that was just something that came to mind because I mean I think that, that the stuff is great and you know Soundtrap and and all these bits of software do so many things and and you know there's so much out there. I mean like we use Cubase and and other things as well. So it's like it's just there's there's so much good stuff but that's something that really interests me this idea of students being able to share and almost getting a kick out of another student liking it or or seeing that it's been used um and and somewhere where students can go and look up wider listening that someone that's their age um so yeah that that was that was a little thought well
0: i will pass that along to simon foxhall who is the founder (laughs) of focus on sound and and I've already f- figured out how we could do it because it would need to be moderated. Um, I promise you, James, that I'll pass that idea along. I think it's fabulous um, uh, for, for everyone in America going, what the heck is wider listening and GCSE and A-levels? Uh, the UK just does things a little bit differently than we do over here in the US. And these are kind of formalized exams that, we ta- that they take. When you were saying Killer Queen, there are these works that... Uh, have been set as like this is what you're going to study this is what you're going to listen to this is what you're going to write about so I'm just doing a quick translation yeah
1: (laughs) yeah sorry I'm not
0: no, it's I great. I, it's funny. We're we're uh, we're very you know. Other than the crotchets, quavers, and hemi-demi semi-quavers, and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah. we all speak the same language. But yeah, uh, James, it's it's been an absolute delight to speak with you. Uh, I know that the listeners will appreciate everything, uh, and and it doesn't matter where you teach the the core ideas that you shared today are kind of evergreen and can be used anywhere. So James, thank you so much. I, thank you. I hope you get through this whole COVID thing in, in, in one piece and that your program is as vibrant as it was before on the other side of it. But thanks for spending time with us today. Oh Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.